with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017, the taxes are limited to $10,000. And that's a combination of real estate and income taxes. So in your example, from $47,000, the taxes went down to 10. And this, if this is all you had, so let's say you, you had no mortgage and no charity, you went from itemizing. So the, in that case, it's not the loss is not as great as in some other cases because you go from itemizing with $47,000 of itemized deductions to uh, using the standard deduction, which for merit filing jointly is about 25000 right now. Right now, but if, if your itemized deductions were less than 150000 total, it went down to fifty. You lost 100,000 vitamized deductions. And if you're in the highest bracket, 37%, we're talking about $37,000 in additional taxes that you have to pay now because of this limitation. Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of APM Success. I'm very pleased to be joined today by my friend, Certified Public Accountant, Evgeny Ivanov. Before I get to Evgeny, a couple quick announcements. Anybody who hasn't already encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. We frequently have some content in the discussions that we have on this podcast that are a little bit visually oriented. Sometimes we'll have you know things there that help with engagement and comprehension as you're listening to the conversation. So check out the YouTube channel if you haven't in the past. In addition, we've recently added the ability to capture CME through our partnership with AdaptTrack. So check out the show notes. There's a link there at the top of the show notes if you want to claim CME by creating a short reflection on the content of today's discussion. You can do that. It's currently free. It won't be forever, but check that out and welcome any feedback that you have on the CME process. Finally, we try to leave space for one to two educational talks for residencies or fellowship programs. Have one coming up later today with University of Colorado. Got a couple others coming up in the couple months ahead. But if you are listening and you want to potentially have an educational presentation for your program, shoot me an email, justin at apm-wealth.com. We can try to get that on the calendar as uh, the schedule allows. Recently, I completed with uh, our guest today, Evgeny, a webinar where we talked about tax ideas and uh, some interesting things with him and one of his colleagues, Jim Giese. I'm looking forward to zooming in on one of those today, which is the SALT cap, state and local tax cap, and how this applies to uh, high-earning positions. So, Evgeny, thank you very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks, Justin. Uh, I'm a fan of your podcast, and now I can say that I actually uh, I'm a part of it. Uh, <laughs> That's right. These are still new to me, but it, it's it's a great resource for information, any kind of information you can find out there, and it's uh, it's it's great that you're doing these. Yeah, thanks. So I'm really glad to have you here today. So obviously, you work with Whipfley, which is a national accounting firm in the healthcare group. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do for some of your clients. So I'm in the Lincolnshire, Illinois office of Whipley, where we have the we specialize in uh, physicians' practices. We're the for-profit core of, of the Whipley uh, healthcare practice, which includes uh, various other services. So we we deal with anything physician may need, starting with accounting, bookkeeping, to tax return, consulting regarding sales, 
including private equity, revenue cycle, anything that that's it's in the in the process. The goal is to be a one shop, one stop shop for for anything a physician may need. You know, I've been uh, I've been doing this for this is my twelfth busy season, and especially within Whipley, we're specializing. I'm specializing in healthcare. Yeah. So Evgeny and his colleagues, uh, Larry Alisko, Jim Giese, two prior guests of this show, also members of this uh, healthcare tax planning group. They're uh, valued colleagues of mine. We actually get together every Friday morning, bright and early to talk about strategies, ideas, different things going on, especially as it relates to private practice, pain management, anesthesia, and really excited for today's topic. So you know, today we're talking about the, the SALT cap, state and local tax, and the, the limitation on deductions for state and local tax payments. So this is a little bit of a niche tax topic. Really excited to have someone so highly qualified to help us address it. Evgeny, to get us started, tell us just a little bit about, you know, who is it that should be thinking about this idea for state and local tax deductions? Best, the best um, applic- applicants for this uh, for this idea will be business owners. Business owners that have that receive a K one and, and file a business tax return. Because the way this works is it's it's a tax that's paid at the business level, but you get the benefit on the 1040. Also, also it also you also need to have income. It's for high earners. Uh, if you have a loss during the year, it's not going to be beneficial for you because there's no income to pay the tax on because the tax is calculated on the income from that pass-through entity. So that does, so two things you need to look at: Do I have income during the year? Is it is it at a level where it's actually worth paying anything and going through the whole exercise? And most importantly, will be you need to check your state, which we'll probably talk about it later. Yeah. So if you're earning income in your business, you know, in the in the distant past, when this was didn't have the cap that it has now, there is a deduction at the federal level for taxes you pay to your state or local municipality. So that's local wage tax, property taxes, and, and state income taxes. For me, in the state of Oregon, in Multnomah County, in the city of Portland, it is uh, a lot of tax burden there, especially as it, you know, as it sort of stacks up nationally. In places like Texas or Florida, no state income tax. Other states have no state income tax. Perhaps this would be a different sort of conversation for people who have much lower state income taxes. But, you know, in the past, people who have these very high tax burden areas at the state and local level would be interested in the understanding that this deduction, would you say? Yeah. So uh, that's, that's where the states come in place. Uh, the high tax states like New York, California, Illinois, people used to pay, I mean, they still pay a lot of taxes, a combination of real estate and income tax, but then you had a deduction on your schedule A. So you, at least, at least you, you save something there. Now, when the deduction is limited, you still pay the taxes, so your tax burden increased significantly. In other states with no income tax or lower income and real estate taxes, people might have not even itemized, so it doesn't matter. So definitely, this is the best option for states with high income and real estate taxes. So to use round numbers, you know, if you make, say, half a million dollars and you pay you know, if you live in Oregon and you're paying like nine point, we'll just call it like a blended rate of 9.5. So maybe it's 45. I can't, I don't like doing math on the fly, but call it like $47,000 of state income tax. That $47,000 that you pay to the state of Oregon 
would reduce the $500,000 of taxable income to Uncle Sam so that your 500 in the eyes of Uncle Sam is now, you know, 453,000. But in light of what happened with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act back in 2017, there is this cap placed on these tax payments. So tell us a little bit about that and what it means that there is a SALT cap or a cap on state and local tax deduction. So before the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, you, you get the deduction for all your taxes, uh, mortgage interest, charity, there's some miscellaneous deductions. Now, depending on your income level, there are some limitations there that, that we're not going to go into detail with. So there, maybe there was some limitation on the actual amount used, but and then then you subtracted that from your income. Now, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017, the taxes are limited to $10,000. And that's a combination of real estate and income taxes. So in your example, from $47,000, the taxes went down to 10. And this, if this is all you had, so let's say you, you had no mortgage and no charity, you went from itemizing. So the, in that case, it's not the loss is not as great as in some other cases, because you go from itemizing with $47,000 of itemized deductions to uh, using the standard deduction, which for merit filing jointly is about 25,000 right now. Right now, but if, if your itemized deductions were less than 150,000 total, you went down to 50, you lost 100,000 itemized deductions. And if you're in the highest bracket, 37%, we're talking about $37,000 in additional taxes that you have to pay now because of this limitation. That's right. So. This is one of those things, you know, we, we were, again, you and I and Larry and Jim, we were talking about this around year end, what's going to happen with the Build Back Better and the infrastructure bill and the, how are these uh, Biden proposals going to be ratified or not in the Senate? And as it turned out, Senator Manchin from West Virginia did not like the, the infrastructure bill enough to vote against it. And embedded in that bill was this raising of the salt cap. They were talking about taking it from 10000 to 80000 so in that example that I just used, if you have $50,000 of state income tax, you're now going to capture another roughly $40,000 of a deduction at the federal level, but that obviously didn't pass. So this tax revision didn't happen. And so at the current time, we're sort of stuck with these constraints of that $10,000 deduction at the state level. So this is, you know, what I just described, if this is all W-2 income, if you're an employed physician, you get a paycheck, you don't have any self-employment oppor- planning opportunity, then this kind of is a little more cut and dry. But something that you and I have discussed in the past, and one of the reasons I'm interested in having this conversation is to expand our view a little bit for self-employment circumstances. If you have some self-employment income, if you're a business owner, then there is planning opportunity around the SALT cap. So talk a little bit about what you've seen in this regard. So when you say self-employment income, I would refer to that as having a separate entity like an S-corporation or an LLC partnership that files a separate tax return. Now, if you have a Schedule C, it's not going to work. So you need to have a separate entity that's a pass-through entity and that issues you a K-1. And... That, that's, why, that's where the deduction is taken with uh, the workaround that a lot of states enacted. Some states started doing it early, 2018, 19, and the, the process is still ongoing. Some states will probably never do it. 
because it's not really beneficial to their residents. So the first step will be check with your CPA what's the status of the law, if any, of the, uh, the workaround law in your state. And then, then you have to also see what the rules are. So this, is, this will be really timely right now for certain states. I know New York, for example, you have, or in California, you have to make certain elections, certain payments within the next few weeks in order to qualify. Because even if you want, some states say, even if you want to take the deduction, pay the tax for 2022, you had to make estimated payments during the year. And the first quarter estimated payments are just around the corner. Yeah. So all these rules are important. Now, once this is determined and you know you're going to have income, of course, then basically the way it works is that the entity pays the tax in your name. And then you, which, which decreases the federal income that's passed to you on that K-1. And that, that's the, which at the end decreases your taxable income on your 1040. That's how the workaround works. By decreasing the income that's passed to you from the pass-through entity and decreasing your taxable income. And so, in short, what we're doing is taking an expense at the personal level that is only deductible up to a $10,000 threshold, and we're moving it to an entity which you control and have, removing, the, th- removing the, the cap. So, in some states, there's an opportunity for the business to pay that whole $50,000 of taxable income in this example pay that tax bill through the entity and then enable you to reduce the income at the business level so that when you get that K-1 that tells the IRS how much money you made from your business, that $50,000 tax payment reduces the income and you effectively get the deduction and, and work around the cap, right? Yeah. Now, it might not be the whole amount that you lost before, before the, the TCJA was enacted, but it will be better than nothing depending on each uh, circumstance. Absolutely. So to be very clear, and there's going to be another disclaimer at the end, but I want to make sure that everyone understands and I want to keep the lawyers off my back. Never, ever, ever make a tax decision based on anything you hear from this show in a vacuum. Make sure you're working with a qualified CPA who understands what entities you have operating, what state you're operating in, what the state and local rules are, and to ensure that the way that you're filing your taxes is appropriate and legal. But this is perhaps one strategy that you might want to bring to your CPA if you are bumping into the salt cap limits and you have an entity where you have decision-making power to be able to do something like this. Yes. And so, also yeah, have to go say, ahead. Okay. With, with this limitation, if, if it ever passes the $80,000, it may not be worth for some of, some of the business owners because that will be enough. Now, right. chances are if that happens, that state laws may change too, right. some states. So keep an eye on that, stay on top of uh I guess the, all the legislation and uh, we'll see what happens. Anything else that I failed to mention or anything else you want to clarify or expand upon? Now this, um, you probably mentioned, but let me repeat it. If you only have W-2s or a Schedule C, which is not filing a separate entity, this strategy will not work. It will have to be a pass-through entity, not even a C-Corp that, that pays its own taxes. So that's, and in, in our case, like our clients, most of our clients, it applies to them because they're physicians owning their own practice. The practice files a separate tax return, passes the income to the physician, and the, the tax is paid at the 1040 level. So that's what this, this, these laws are aimed to help. And this is, this is how the, the, they work. 
but but it is it is important check your state check your state call uh talk to your cpa make sure make sure that uh it actually your state has a law like that uh like in justin's case in uh oregon 2022 is the first year it's enacted great point illinois 2021 was the first year and it actually happened in the middle of the year so usually when when the first year the states enact such laws they might be more lenient to, to to the rules that they want to apply to this election so yeah, if, if you get a pass on the first year, you may not get the pass during the second year if you don't follow the rules that they require, like making the election, estimated payments, and whatever else is there. Yeah, that's a good point. So bottom line, talk to your CPA and see if this strategy for you as a business owner could be something to consider. For anybody who's interested in reaching out to Evgeny or learning more about this strategy, check out the show notes for today, apmsuccess.com slash 133 for episode 133. We'll put Evgeny's contact info there, as well as uh, some additional links to some resources for people who are considering something like this. So Evgeny, short and sweet today. Thank you for your time. Uh, It's been a pleasure chatting with you and look forward to uh, doing this again soon. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Uh, I mean, if anybody wants to get into more detail about certain states, if you get a lot of questions from a lot of your uh, listeners from certain states, maybe we can focus on a state at one point and uh, digest those rules. Yep. Uh, as of now, we just wanted to mention it as a whole in the country. Look for something like this. It might be beneficial. Great. Thanks. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success. Today's podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing you heard today should be construed as advice for you or your specific circumstances, especially as it pertains to taxes, investments, legal, or healthcare compliance questions. Always consult a qualified expert who knows your circumstances in order to get appropriate professional advice.